0: This episode of The Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Come check out the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce live at Free Play Florida. So far we've got confirmed guests, Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost on Cartoon Network, Keith Apicary, Classic Gaming Whiz, and self-proclaimed Sega CEO, Scott Adams legendary creator of text-based adventures, and our good friend, Brian Colon, creator of Rampage and our Rivals. There will also be
1: over 200 games at this event, including three 10-foot arcade cabinets featuring classic games like Star
0: Wars. There will also be a console museum. Go get tickets at wp.freeplayflorida.com, Friday's is going to be 25 bucks. Saturday is 30 Sunday is 25 bucks. kids are, of course, $5. You can get the whole weekend, Johnny, for 60 and also there's going to be an awesome Saturday night party, which is $15, but it's going to be from 11.30 to 3 a.m., full arcade, music, plus live performances, and it's all at the newly renovated Double, Double tree. SeaWorld. So, you definitely want to go check it out and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Game Game Treasure. Treasure. They are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What
1: did the listeners of the Happy
0: Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go
1: to RetroGameTreasure.com. Pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to
0: your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, happy Hour with, with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Yeah. Happy hour with Johnny and Deuce and Hello, Internet. Yeah, we back in the back. Them niggas had a long day, but let us inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear. And it's Deuce on the loose. You know the tag team champion. We get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro waves. You know, Nintendo. Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcasts and reminisce. so pull back the curtain and hit the boot, cause it's the Happy Hour Podcast with Johnny and Duke, yeah.
1: Hello Internets, my name is Johnny Womack, and of course we have special guest host Dirk Scholler of Death Lake Productions. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, of course, uh, Deuce is. Uh, we're recording this um, in the same night um, as we did the last episode. So, of course, Deuce is at his special engagement. Uh, he's out with family and friends right now. Um, and uh, he'll be back with us shortly. So, stay tuned for Deuce. He's hashtag Deuces on the loose for sure right now. And uh, we love the fact that we have sp- our amazing friends and family coming in to help us out with the show while Deuce is uh, out with family. So, thank you so much, man. Oh, Come thanks on. for having me as always. And we're very excited because this is our very first mm, show review together. We're a on. themed it's episode. Themed episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about CW's Riverdale. Which, before we get into it, I I want to tell you I had no I had no idea what the show is going to be about. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was based on the Archie comics. I didn't know anything at all. I, I had not watched the trailer. Deuce was obviously talking about it a lot. <laughs> um, and. He was talking about how great the show was, and I'm like, okay. You know, I was busy with other shows I was watching, and, you know, I, I don't actually have TV. I have cable now, but at the time when, when it came out, I didn't have cable. So I actually didn't watch the show till after it aired, the whole sh- series it aired. Mm-hmm. So, and, and luckily, the day after, CW and, and Netflix have a deal where as soon as the show is done, the next day, they'll have the whole show on Netflix. Oh, I didn't know that. So the day after the last episode uh, of the first season of Riverdale, they had it on Netflix. So I binge-watched it. I was like, oh, my God, i got to watch the next episode. i got to watch <laughs> the next – because the thing is, the show itself, like, I, I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was like a teen drama, you know, like in high school and all Dawson's that. Creek. Right. But I didn't know how dark the show was going to get. It got really dark, and I was like, wow. This it surprised me. I Mm -hmm. I think I kept telling everyone I talked to, this show surprised me, because I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was.
2: That's yeah, that's. I guess for me it was a thing that I my my exposure to Archie was the Archie's Weird Mystery cartoon show. Oh yeah, I knew that show. Yeah, Yeah, and like that that was like my Archie, like Archie comics and all that. So that was my introduction to it, and then when I saw CW's version of it, like, seeing the, the pilot, because what got me into the show was, like you were saying earlier, Deuce kept, like, kept posting on Facebook about it, just kept going on about it, and because of him, I was like, alright, fine, I'll see what the big deal is, because he won't shut up about it, so I'll go ahead and check it out, and right afterwards, I immediately just, like, texted him, I was like, Deuce, I hope you know this is all your fault, that why I'm watching this show right now and i was like why why am i and i like just like randomly out of the blue just texted him i was just like why why am i watching this show and he was like for me every grown adult needs to have at least one trashy soap opera in their life right. and i was just like yeah. you know what yeah i have too many superhero shows and movies and stuff yeah. that i watch i need a good just i need a good dumpster fire just exactly. to like, just, <laughs> just 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 watch like you know like how everyone yeah. has like the the tv with the the, the campfire. My right. TV is a dumpster fire. There you just go. like, oh, this is nice and scary and gross to watch.
1: Yeah, why not? Exactly. Just, like just, just enjoy not caring what's on TV for once. Exactly. You know, going into it, you know, with no bias just going in and just taking it for what it is. And I think that's what Riverdale. You know, it aired um, January twenty sixth, I think, uh, of two thousand seventeen. Yes. And so it aired, and it w- I guess January wise. Uh, was a good time to air the show. I don't think much was coming out that time. Not really. Um, and so that was a good time slot for them. And But for those, just a pro tip for those that are, that are listening to this episode, you, you right now, as of, as of recording in this episode, uh, you can watch the whole show on Netflix right now. I just rewatched the pilot because I wanted to talk about that and whatnot because we Dirk and I behind closed doors, we were kind of talking about the, the pilot and how important pilots are but not necessarily make or break the series. And... I would say the pilot was very good, uh, but it, it got better. The show is a show that... It, this show, with each episode, got better. Uh, more enticing, more engaging with the characters. And I think that's what hit me right away was how much chemistry all the characters have. Like, how oh, believable... Yeah, everyone's
2: interconnected in some way. That I have to give kudos to the writing in the sense that everything is interconnected. Everyone has a connection in some way that you don't have a random b story you have you have like everything is connected in some way so like everyone has like a parent that is like every kid has a parent that is interconnected in some way that something something shady is going on in this small town of riverdale not everything is like this isn't your typical small town right so like there's like politicians involved and everything revolves around one center story right and there's no random side story. Everyone is a suspect, and you might go ahead and like explain why. But there's a suspect in a certain situation. That's the basis of the right. story. Right.
1: So we're gonna go uh, full on spoiler review on this. This is gonna be full on spoilers. So if you've not watched uh, Riverdale, we're gonna talk about everything that we can think of. Not obviously every episode. We're not. We're not gonna break down every episode, but we're gonna talk about major plot point pop. We're gonna talk about major plot points. And so if you've not watched Riverdale. Um, pause this episode uh, or down- re-download it later, and uh, go check out the show on Netflix, and then come back. Um, we'll put we'll call this the Riverdale spoiler cast because that's what this is going to be. Yeah. Uh, so Riverdale spoiler cast. Uh, the show essentially, as you saw in the trailer, actually the new trailer. I didn't see that. The one I had showed you before, that, that the longer trailer exposed a lot, uh, which. That was really interesting, but that was the first time I ever saw that. That came out eight months ago. Right, right. That, the trailers like, had a lot in it, um, but the basic premise is like we said: you have all these characters based off the Archie comic books. You have Archie, you have Veronica, you have Betty, uh, you have Jughead, uh, you have all the main characters that are in the the "quote unquote" Archie universe. Um, but it's a whole, totally different entity, totally different. Like you, you have to go into it with a totally different. Don't have any bias or anything going into it because it's a totally different feeling than the comics. Mm-hmm. It's not happy-go-lucky, bright and colorful. It's definitely uh, it's more very different. Very different. Uh, so you get to treat it, treat it as an own separate entity. So if you're a big fan of Archie comics, um, it doesn't matter. You can be anyone coming into this show. So I think that's what's mm-hmm. so great about it. It's it it can um, it's more accessible. I think that way anyone can kind of go in and watch it. And so the whole the the whole premise is you have Jason Blossom. Um, bl- the Blossoms are like this big. Empire, like the biggest company in Riverdale, they they do all the syrup, I guess. Yeah, they, they they're syrup. Like yes, yeah, and they're they're one tycoon. of the big suppliers of the syrup, especially in the in the area where Riverdale is. And uh, so they they have they're the the big bucks. They're they're the people that have the, like, you know, they're very very well off, so to speak. Oh yeah. Uh, and so people go from around the world to get their syrup, and they distribute distribute it all over the world. So uh, so obviously they're they're making a lot of money. Uh, off of that and so they've had a history and like you mentioned earlier the parents all connected because they all grew up in Riverdale as well so uh, or they moved back and forth somewhere in New York and they but they all originally knew Riverdale they all and especially with uh, Veronica and her mom coming back from New York um, they they're like oh here we go we're back to Riverdale because Veronica never knew Riverdale but her mom and Fred Fred uh Archie's dad Fred. Archie's dad, Fred, they they used to date, right? Yeah. And so you have that history in her You have that history, which is interesting. But Veronica is only known in New York, so she never didn't know what Riverdale was, you know. She'd heard stories of it, but she'd never been there before. Uh and there, let's talk about the the main you know, the main uh as the MacGuffin, if you will, the main thing that uh that the characters are going towards. Uh is that Jason Blossom is killed. He's murdered. Uh and and everyone's a suspect. Everyone's a suspect because we don't know what happened. We all we know in the very beginning of the pilot is the fact that Cheryl and Jason were going on a boat ride. And then she says that he she dropped her glove or something into the water and then the boat capsized and then he never came back from under the water. Like he drowned. And that was her story. And you know, death in general is very, you know, how you approach death. Uh, as a subject matter is very. Kind of tells your character in a it way. It does. It's very. It's tough because everyone reacts to, to that subject matter differently. So everyone will,
2: like yeah, because that was the thing. Was like everyone, everyone in Riverdale had. A, everyone has a different opinion of the Blossom family. Some people despise them, and some people fear them. That's but true. But at the same time, they still fear them. At the same time, they do. as they despise them, that kind of like draw, like you know, drives their their fear. Exactly. Um, but. Like when when Jason's, when Jason's body is finally found, which is like at the end of episode one, right. you actually find his body, he's drowned, but he also has a bullet wound right in the middle of his forehead. That
1: changed the whole dynamic because you're like, okay, some kid drowned. What are they going to do about that? That sucks. Did someone, you know, he fell and drowned. But the fact that he was murdered, it wasn't just. That's different. It wasn't just an accidental death. It was a homicide. And exactly. And that's true. <laughs> You know, happening – imagine you're in high school right now and, and uh, someone you know in your high school, you know, passed class away. passed away. It sucks that they passed away, but the fact that they were murdered, that's – I mean, that's that's that would, that would raise a lot of flags. It would. But the thing is, like, when the news
2: broke out – when the news first initially broke out that he's that he went missing, you know, pe- everyone in town talked about it. But then when they found the body, everyone showed up, and then everyone has a different reaction to it. So that was like I loved how they introduced everyone in the show and how they're how how they relate and how they connect to this one big event, right? And, and I, that there was
1: more to it than just a murder. Exactly. And as you you know are talking before we were taping, we're like, yeah, there's all these things that happened, all these plot points that were happening, but they all kind of led to the same. How was Jason murdered? Why was he murdered? You know, and who did it? So it's it's one of those things where you're trying to figure out as a viewer you're like oh this is interesting it's kind of like a mystery novel almost you're like who did it who done it right exactly yeah. so that's intriguing but also what blindsides you as a list of viewer is you you're you're loving these characters like you were interest. you were very much interested in who these characters are and that's what surprised me i was like i like betty i think she is a genuine person who happens do you like betty over veronica Okay, well, I'm gonna give you thoughts on that in a minute. Okay. but I'm just I'm gonna go over each character real quick. That way, for people that don't know, uh, Betty, you know, obviously she's very smart, high in her class, very well read, quote unquote nerd. If you know they they kind of play her the as CW one. version of a hot this, nerd, exactly. Uh, and then Veronica, of course, is well off. She's you know very very well off family. You know, never never knew what it was like to her work hard, manual labor in right. her life. You know, uh, and so it, she's she's from that. Archie, you know, her, his dad works for a construction company, a lot of hard manual labor. And Archie himself has worked with his dad for many years because his mom and they split. Right. His mom went to Chicago. So uh, Chicago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Think Chicago. Chicago. And they split. So like he's already had a dysfunctional uh, relationship with his family, you know, only visited his mom, you know, certain times of the year. And then, you know, I think he went during the summertime then went to work with his dad when he got back during the summer and so like that's dysfunctional so you have so immediately as a viewer you already can connect with people like who you like the best who you connect with uh and then of course you have uh kevin uh who is a good friend of betty's uh and pretty much good friend and you know across the school but he's also you know he's gay so like if you someone that is of that you know that mindset someone that believes in that orientation and whatnot so like you are you can connect to the character right There's away. There's a lot of
2: connectable characters. There's a in lot this of connectable
1: show. characters, so it, it it's really cool that they kind of broad stroked different types of, you know, types of people and whatnot. So it, yeah. for me I really like that aspect that everyone felt different, no one felt the same. And when you were on That's true. they all had different looks, they all had different color hair, so like everyone looked differently, immediately when they came on screen, you immediately knew that was Archie. You knew that was Kevin. You knew you knew that was um, uh, it, was a well, it was a well diverse cast. It was, and I really like it. It was that. a well
2: diverse cast of white people. Exactly.
1: <laughs> now they had they had you know some people in there like Reg who was like the Asian kid and you know on the football team and whatnot. And you had some other people Moose uh, on there that was. He was kind of exploring his orientation, his sexuality with Kevin. He wasn't yeah. sure where he was, which I thought was really fascinating as well. Where he's kind of on the fence. He was on. He kind of like both sides of the the playing field, so to speak. So it was and they really,
2: never just said like, uh, "I." And funny you mentioned that. They never came back to that ever. They again. didn't.
1: But I thought that was cool because there are there are people out there that listen listen to the show that you know, hey, you you like both sides of the field. By all means, do your thing, and I think it's cool. But high school, you don't really want to. It was still you're 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 scared
2: because you are a target, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. They even make they even make references. Veronica's like, oh well, you know, you're you're the gay best friend, you know, like that's a trope, right? And she was making fun of that, and he's like, you know. So it's like there's there's a lot of things that deal with the show, but we all know being in high school, you got to walk on eggshells. You know, you you you're all about you got about self preservation, right? So you want to get through school. Deuce always says, and this is one of the quotes I always loved from Deuce. He, because Deuce and I went to high school together, so it's like he always said that that high school is a four year regulated prison sentence because you're you're there, everyone's there, we all got to get through it together, and then when you're out, you're out, right? So I always kind of felt like high school was that way, and we all have different ways we approach it, right? So you have all these characters that you kind of grow with, right? You grow attached to them, yeah. Even if you love them or you don't like them, you still. Have emotion to these characters that you either want to hate them, or do you want to love them, or you're kind of indifferent. But you still have an emotional attachment to these characters, and these characters go through. I mean, you look at Jughead. We haven't really talked about Jughead. Jughead.
2: He's one of my favorites. He narrate. He
1: actually narrates the very beginning of the pilot, and you don't know at the time it's Jughead until you meet him later on in the show. But you know, him and Archie were best friends growing up and uh, so was Betty you know they were all like a you know like like they are in the comics I guess they were all good friends and Veronica was kind of like the third the fourth wheel that came in to kind of stir everything up and she kind of did in the show too but she also kind of grew with everybody as well and they all kind of connected and I think that was was great for me was Veronica you actually ended up liking her as a character because she kind of redeemed herself towards the I,
2: end I, I, I started like Betty off the bat I liked right, but like Veronica I was glad I got to like her down the road sure. it was like she was one of those characters that you didn't know how to feel about her, but then like after a while, it's like you really wanted to like her, and then when you got to like her, it's like yes, I actually like this girl. Right. Can't say the same for Cheryl. Oh, oh Cheryl. My well, God. So Cheryl Cheryl is... and Alice Cooper. I will. we'll, we'll talk about the. We'll parents, talk about both the and parents. So little.
1: Cheryl, of course, is the sister of uh, the, deceased deceased tweest, the deceased twin brother. Deceased twin brother. Uh, and they had a very interesting dynamic because they had that whole twin connection where they they hung out all together all the time and they you know, they were they felt like they were connected. She said that he was her soulmate, you know, like that they were so connected they did everything together, and that another family totally dynamic was really weird. It was, and also the fact that Polly who is uh betty's sister was in a relationship oh that's right yeah yeah they were in a relationship with jason and she was in a relationship with jason and so like that was already weird for both the blossoms and the coopers they're kind of batting they yeah they're they're a hatfield mccoy in the in the story they were they were very nice reference uh yeah so they were yeah so they already had like because when you watch a show one of the things you, you talk about dumpster fire earlier one of the things that you know, attracts people is tension, right? You want you want to see tension. You want to see, because at the end of the day, if it's everyone's all has the same motive and they're all good and happy, it kind of can get boring, right? Like you, as a viewer, you're like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with good things and positive shows, but when you're watching a drama like this, you want to have tension there. You want to have, you want to payoff. exactly. You
2: want the Chekhov's gun in the situation. I don't know if you've heard of the Chekhov's uh, yes, gun. Yes, I know exactly. For those who don't know what the Chekhov's gun is, it's a story con, it's a it's a story element that what this one writer uh, Chekhov talks about is that if you show a gun in your story, at some point that gun needs to go off talking about a payoff. Right. So this, the thing that, that what was good about the show was that there was a lot of Chekhov's guns in all of this, or like everyone had a Chekhov gun in this. Right. But the whole point of watching the show was trying to see how it all pays off. Because if you're dedicating this much time and going through this much turmoil and tension, you want to have a good payoff. And in all honesty, I will say the payoffs were good. They were, yeah. Um, but then there were, like, some of the B-Story stuff was, like, or, like like, some of the turns, I will admit, there were some of, like, the quote-unquote dramatic stuff that at one point I was just, like, I had to laugh at some of them because it was just, like, really? You had to do that? Mm-hmm. And then they're, like, they did some creepy elements, which we'll get into
1: in a little bit uh, as well because yeah. there's a lot to get through. In there this. is. So... We're trying. We're, what we're trying to do, Dirk and I, on this is just kind of give the broad strokes of the show because obviously, if we wanted to do a full on like episode by episode, we'd be here for two hours. So we're not going to do oh that. Oh God! So we're mainly we're going to miss stuff. Uh, but we just want to give everyone that we're going to talk about why we like the show, and we're gonna re- we're gonna put a review score at the end. Um, I didn't ask you to do this ahead of time, Ooh. but but we'll do that out of ten. I usually like to do out of ten. Uh, and so we're gonna take a small break, and we'll be right back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce and Dirk. This episode of the
0: Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by the Lakeland Role Playing Guild. Join the adventure with the Lakeland Role Playing Guild. Founded in 2000, the Guild starts its 18th year of supporting and promoting the role-playing game hobby in September, with a big anniversary party and some lightly structured games. The Guild hosts too many convention-style game nights every month on the 2nd and 4th Fridays, where you can find up to 4 scheduled and prepared games, plus up to 3 open tables all ready for a packed 4 hours of hobby-centered fun and fellowship. Among the regularly scheduled games on the LRPG's rotating calendar are 3 exclusive in house ongoing campaigns, one exclusive in-house mini campaign anthology series and a few periodic episodes of members personal home campaigns. The majority of those games are RPGs but miniature war games hit the guild tables as well along with the occasional board game. Some events also feature instructional clinics and round table discussions on a variety of game rules, techniques and and theories so all participants can share their experience and learn more about the hobby from each other. The guild also has planned gaming free social outings on those random fifth Fridays that pop up some month. And of course, members of the LRPG take part in area conventions as players and game masters as well as coordinate some activities with other gaming clubs. For more information on the Lakeland Role Playing Guild, visit the website at Lakeland-RPG. Or check out the social media at facebook.com slash Lakeland Role Playing Guild and on Twitter at LakelandRPG plus hashtag dice on the road. Lakeland Role Playing Guild, they play games.
1: And we're back at the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, of course, a uh, special guest host, Dirk. Me. Yes. And we're talking about, of course, Riverdale. This is a Riverdale spoiler cast. You mentioned uh, at the pilot um, that we see Jason with a bullet hole in his head, so presumably drowned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that who did it, right? That was the biggest thing. And and the the thing with the show is like you're not only are you dealing with this, you're dealing with everyday high school life. You got school, you got tests. It was
2: Dawson's Creek meets Twin Peaks.
1: Oh, that's a good good uh, good mix right there. I, I really do. I, yeah, that's good. Yeah, good uh, analogy. I think mixing those two is very you know because you have your your romance stuff going on. You have, oh, I got a big test. I got a big, I'm going, I'm going to try out for football. I got to try out for cheerleading. You know, you have all these things going on, your own lives, let alone your interactions with these characters, plus this whole, you know, in the MacGuffin, you know, with the, with the gunshot in the head uh, to uh, Jason. So you're, like, trying to figure that out. So it's a lot to take in, but I'd say after a couple episodes, you kind of really feel comfortable with the show, like with the characters. You feel comfortable being uncomfortable. There you go. It's true. Yeah, you do feel you, you do feel that way. And I feel we haven't talked about the parents much. The parents have a very weird history. Oh uh, my gosh. I have uh, a theory about the parents. You have a theory. So we know for sure that that um Fred Andrews and Hermione went to Riverdale together when they were kids. We know that. They dated. So they he's never left town. Uh Fred's wife m- divorced and moved to Chicago. She wanted to change her life or whatever. He he stayed there with his construction company, and he's been there for, er, ever since. Hermione went and married Hiram, who was like this big corporate Wall Street guy, and he they they were very well off, obviously, and they moved to New York and all that stuff. And he had a some sort of, cool. well, at, at the time we thought it was some sort of uh, embezzling going on with yeah. the money.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. so there was some there was some turmoil in the family. Which led them, which gave them motivation as to why they came to Riverdale. So the father is in prison. So you have that whole dynamic about Veronica dealing with moving to a new town and dealing with the fact that her father is, you know, you know this this bad guy and everything. And trying to prove that daddy is not a bad guy and going back and forth between is he bad and is he not. Mm-hmm. But somehow that whole embezzlement thing is interconnected as well it with is. this murder. So there's like a lot of weird stuff with that as well. So you have that dynamic. So that dynamic
1: is interesting. In a a writing standpoint, you can almost call it like a fish out of water um, storyline where she's literally in a new place. She's never been, doesn't know anybody. And her character. She adapts nicely. She does, though. Good job. She does a good job. So let's talk about her very first uh, scene um, into Pop's Diner there. Pop's. Oh, yeah. Chocolate. Clocket. Something like chocolate. Chocolate. Uh, chocolate shop chocolate shop yeah and so her mom wants to get burgers from the place because she remembered pops because pops has been around i guess for 30 years or so or longer so she gets Veronica to go and of course betty and archie have been friends for a long time right they talk about the story about when they were kids and he you know he wanted there's a little bit of a romance between them there is like a tension a sexual tension if you will there's there is like a emotional like you can tell that they're connected more than just friends. There's yeah. something there, uh, and of course they they make the very first maybe the very first scene with uh, Betty. She's she's in her room changing, and Kevin's there, and they see Archie taking off his shirt and putting on another shirt. And Kevin's like, "Wow, look at him. He got hot over summertime, and you know he's got abs and all that stuff." The whole and, Spider-Man Mary Jane exactly, scene from the movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so she's like. Wow, so she even double take. I mean, he was always a, a good looking guy, you know. But she's like, wow, you know. And so her feelings have only grown. It's those Australian genetics. <laughs> it is, yeah, because uh, he's a.
2: Uh, I didn't know he was Australian. So he's a the actor, yeah, KJ Apa. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's a cool dude. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no. So there's that whole element of her, you know, wanting to have the courage because Kevin, he's like her, one of her best, uh, Betty's best friend, and he's like, hey, you need to, you know. Go after that. Go do it. You know, go, you know, go be confident. You're a strong person. Go ask him out. You know, you're if he's strong, not going to do it. you a woman exactly. that needs a man. <laughs> exactly. So it's like he, he does that. And, and so she, they get meet at in a diner and she wants to ask him out there. And lo and behold, who walks in the diner as she's about to ask Archie about their relationship? You have Veronica coming in. Now, I love this shot. Now, this is one thing that's underrated, I think, is how well the cinematography is in this show.
2: It's really good. It's
1: really well done. The, the colors, the way they contrast the red hair, the blossoms to the, the town, and, like, the way the colors of the... The, the,
2: the, the blossom estate, like, the way yeah. they light it and shoot right. it, like you get a sense of unease
1: you do. just going through there. Exactly. Like You, just, you feel unwelcome well, in their the home. The lights, they're almost like spotlights because they, they, they don't shine and cover the whole area. They only shine in certain areas. So you're kind of like, man, you feel uneasy. You're like, on you know, all the spotlight effect. So Veronica comes in, and she looks like Little Red Riding Hood, but in a black cloak with the black hoodie on. And that's the first thing I got when I watched it. I rewatched it this morning, the pilot. I'm like, she looks like Little Red Riding Hood, which is cool because you know little red riding hood you know and the whole element there and then she comes in and she removes her hoodie and Archie's just smitten just he's, starstruck immediately he, he is like love at first sight he's like who is this woman and you could see Betty kind of like oh, crap you yeah just I mean?
2: like like that that's it it's it's over
1: and so like Veronica's already like she's very for one thing Veronica is charismatic super charismatic like she people listen to every word right she's yeah. very very engrossing you want to know more about her and very alluring i guess is another good word so like people oh yeah that, yeah that, that, yeah that's the, perfect so archie's just kind of like like um, his tongue is like hanging out but like he's text, almost like he's going through tex avery's exactly with, like, eyes coming out exactly and like, steam and
2: everything exactly Ooh, okay. yeah he's very
1: <laughs> very you know smitten by her and then of course feet as my wife has always told me females size each other up you know men do that too but females are a lot more internal about it (laughs) yeah so they're very internal about it and so she's all like who's this person you know coming on my you know my town my diner you know like (laughs) my turf exactly so she's she's already like (laughs) territorial yeah so but the later on in the pilot um They have this whole Seven Minutes in Heaven thing, which I never played as a kid. Is that a thing, really? That's a thing, but must be up north or something.
2: It must be because, like, I'm—I was the kid in high school that was a dork and a nerd, and I never went to like these high school parties and everything. So maybe those things happen. I have no idea, but I
1: never cared for that kind of stuff anyway. It was video game nights for me. Exactly. (laughs) I was the same way, and so like I I just—but anyways, they played Seven Minutes in Heaven, and of course, by fate or whatever, by luck uh veronica and archie get and and you know go into the the closet and i think it's interesting because they were there and you almost already feel like Verona, Ver- veronica knows she knows that archie has some sort of feelings for betty and they still so they talk about it in the closet and he's like no we're just best friends and all that and and veronica knows that she's got a it's very sketchy you kind of you can't just be like she didn't want to kiss him, but and they were obviously drawn to each other. Uh, you know, cause I think Archie, you know, with what was happening during his summertime escapades, Ooh, uh, yeah. he was already in a weird mental state, right? Mm-hmm. So they made out in there and whatnot, which was not the right choice to make. Um, you know, obviously temptations and whatnot. But what was happening to Ar- with Archie? Derek? Oh, you had to put that on me. Yep, Archie during the summer was
2: in a really creepy relationship with. Uh, his uh
1: music teacher his music teacher Miss Grundy who yeah. was like a t- thirty year old like at least at yeah. least like and he's seventeen so at least fifteen sixteen years old yeah so older they were so it was it was a uh, taboo it was well, it was yeah I think that's cool because this show is dealt with you know gender discrimination racial discrimination um it's it's talked about you know uh, politics it's talked about you know prejudice it's also talked about school you know a taboo of you know teacher an older teacher you know you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to you know uh, yeah, go after the that, student yeah, so like this do, show is, they approached it they did yeah and they approached the topic which uh, you know i thought they did it pretty well i mean they, they she tried to keep it secret you know she was Obviously drawn I mean the whole story is he was walking home one day you know after you know from his dad construction site, and you know he's all sweaty and he's all you know and she was like, oh, she had her milkshake, she pulls her glasses up the tip which are heart shaped sunglasses which was great, I thought that was great, great great <laughs> uh, uh selection, and they end up i guess hanging out uh and you know mine complete the picture there uh and then they wake up and they go they are out having a picnic by the sweetwater lake uh river. And they were there uh, having a picnic in the morning, I guess, and they hear a gunshot. Oh, that's right, yeah. And you're like, holy crap. They were there. they know when the gunshot happened, 6 a.m. in the morning on July 4th. But, but, how, but, but how do they but, know? But how do they know? And they can't say anything because – I mean, that, that whole dynamic was very interesting to me because I'm like, Archie still is like, hey, I this is – we can assume that he was a virgin before he met her and that mm-hmm. like, this is his first experiences with a person. And so – a physical nature and so like he's probably enraptured by her and she's kind of like the, the spider you know on the web and she you know he's got her got him in her web and that, and I feel like she realized that she still has feelings for Archie but she also doesn't want to lose her job right mm-hmm. and she's got a very interesting dynamic too her yeah. backstory uh, she's not who she says she is and all that stuff oh so, yeah that, um, that was because that attitude to was
2: that added to the mystery of who of of the murder, right? So the, again,
1: another elements in it. So and we just, I felt like it was good because I don't I don't feel like anything was forced, like with with how the characters connected. They're all from the same area, so to speak, and they all just happened to come to Riverdale in, in some way. And I feel like it was interesting how that worked, how those dynamics worked out. Nothing felt forced. And I just felt like every time because I, I binge watched the show, so it was a little bit different. I was able to watch it immediately, one after the other. And I was just like, oh man, this show's got me. It's got its hooks in me. You know, after episode four, I was like, that was it. i was just keep <laughs> hitting next on Netflix, and Netflix is like, are you sure you still want to watch? Yes, I'm sure I'm watching this. And and the thing is, I don't really watch like teen romance shows. Like I did back in the day when Dawson's Creek and everything. But I'm not really drawn towards dramas typically. You know, uh, on shows. Uh, uh, you know, I love the Flash. Talk about Flash earlier. I love Flash. I love the superhero stuff. That's great. But this was kind of like its own little teen drama. You know, and. So, it was a
2: teen drama, but it, it had more to it. Like, it, did. it was still. It I think was... that might
1: throw some people off, right? Like, if you watch the trailer, depending on which trailer you watch, because there's, yeah. there's a three trailers that they put out that are just like 10 30 second snippets. Uh, and one of them is very cheesy. It's got Cheryl saying hashtag Riverdale Strong and really cheesy. And that one isn't that doesn't represent the show very well no. at all. And there's another one that just has music and it has like the, the car coming into scene and it has like the forest shots. Very just visual yeah you know. it's a 30 second clip and that
2: that was like the reveal
1: trailer right. and
2: that that's like what got people hooked and i will admit when i first started watching the show i was not i wasn't i didn't i didn't like what they were doing because like they were doing a lot of like controversial topics they and it was like they, it, it kind of felt like they were just doing it just to get away with it like see how right. far we could push the envelope right but like when you started mentioning it i that is some stuff that that we don't talk about in films and in films and TV shows and it's like yeah we don't talk about it but at the same time this is why we don't talk about it right. and it was it was a different approach and it was off-putting but that was the point because it is such an off-putting you're supposed to not feel okay about this so that's Yeah,
1: you're supposed to feel uneasy. Exactly.
2: And my theory about the parents because there's a there is a scene with Jughead's character. Jughead is Jughead is like the we one. We haven't really talked about him much. Let's talk Jughead, about Jughead for a minute. Jughead is played by Cole Sprouse, one of the uh the twins from Zack and Cody. And he's an interesting character. Is he right really? Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. is yeah. holy crap. Yeah, you never know. I didn't, I didn't put the picture it.
1: together till now. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, So like
2: he he kinda he kind of brings the story around because he's writing like a novel right. about about this whole event. And so he's narrating the show, which I thought was interesting because that was kind of like a, a flip on the Archie's Weird Mystery cartoon show. Because Archie was always doing that that stuff because he was right. doing an article for the school, mm-hmm. but Jughead's doing it, and Jughead has a different approach. He's not the he's not the comic relief in this show. Mm-mm. He is a he's a loner. He's weird. He's different, but he's really cool. Yep, like he's like the cool loner that everyone picks on, which is right. which is which is interesting. But uh Jughead has a really stressful home life. Very so stressful. He jumps from like he like there's a point where like he's actually li- he's not living at home. No. Nope. That he's living in a completely different location. He's jumping locations. Right. Um But the thing when Jughead is like introducing the episode and everything, he's like the Rod Serling of this whole show and everything. Yep. He he talks about how if Riverdale was too pure it wouldn't be pure enough or whatever and he does they do this like funny little quip back to the comics where everyone is dressed up like their comic book it's true yeah during like their uh like he has like this this really bad vision of like like the 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 family dinner and everything. 50s where, and 60s. Yeah, looked, where yeah. Juckhead's wearing the, the the typical hat, but it's definitely foam and pointy right. and tall. Exactly, and he's got the S shirt and everything. Like everyone's wearing the clothes they would wear in the, the comics. The clothes in the comics, exactly. And I thought that was really funny, and it it put us like this weird theory in my head about the parents that they obviously have history, but the feeling that I had was that are they trying to insinuate that because the parents all knew each other and all went to high school and everything? Are the parents supposed to be the previous generation of Archie comics oh. to where they were all from the 50s and the 60s and they all grew That's up around true. each other? That's true. And now here's the new generation because Archie comics from the comic book perspective, it kind of switched over. Like they kind of did like a, a change, right? Or, like, they did a transition to like the new years and everything. So I'm feeling like, okay, the comics are kind of basing off of that but the older more fun loving campy kind of stuff is that what the parents are representing even though they're not Archie, betty veronica maybe they're they're
1: like this like the uh, spiritual embodiments of the exactly. characters exactly that's
2: yeah. like that's the theory that i had is that because they're all connected and they all know each other yeah and they all went to pop tates and everything they did, like yeah. they did everything that the kids are doing right now and even the parents are trying to avoid their kids from doing that. Mm-hmm. They're, like, trying to ev- – they're trying to stop – they're trying to keep their kids from making the same mistakes they did, uh, and yet they're ke- they're not telling
1: the kids what mistakes they did in their youth. I think they want them to move on. I think they want them to – other than Archie's dad who wants Archie to, you know, take the company over or whatever. I think everyone else they are like, hey, you need to go up and leave Riverdale. Go do other things. I don't think they yeah. want them to stay in Riverdale. And – one of the dynamics is uh, that you see, because I think that the character you know, of Jughead is very interesting, and I like him a lot, actually. He really grew with me. I really, I really, really like Jughead. I think he, I relate to him in a lot of ways, uh, especially during high school. You know, you, you're the nerd. You're trying to, you know... You have you're you a, a nerd, but girl. you don't want to be a nerd at the same right. time. You, you, you have a crush on a girl, but you know she'll never talk to you and all this stuff. And, like, the whole idea of you know a cheerleader betty really nice girl but she's kind of going up the ranks of the social status so to speak And for her to be dating jughead you know what i mean that's a different dynamic as well because it's like like night and day it's exactly like two completely different ones. exactly so like that that's interesting as well and it also shows you how wonderful of a character betty is how nice she is how genuine she is that she doesn't care where you come from your upbringing and
2: at one point in the in the finale how freaking hot she is (laughs) oh yeah absolutely (laughs)
1: 100 uh she's yeah she's awesome but i i I think like when it when it comes to veronica i think her relationship is interesting too because she kind of ends up being friends with everybody which you didn't think she would be no you know like she ends up liking jughead eventually she ends up even though the whole thing with her dad and or her mom and and jughead's dad uh fp because that's another thing, and I forget the name of the society that his dad's a part of.
2: Dude. Oh, Serpents, like the
1: Serpent Society or something. Yeah, Serpents, yeah. We'll call them the Serpents. So they have this whole clique that's like, uh, what is it, like uh, Angels? Yeah, the, the Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels kind of, kind of thing, biker group. And they have their own thing, and his dad's a part of it. And they do some shady things, drug dealing and all that that's, stuff.
2: That's connected back to Hiram Lodge. Exactly.
1: And that's like,
2: that was like the, the, the connection between that and and the whole uh jason blossom murder so they they again they did a very fantastic job incorporating that all together they did but there it was still it was shady but there was still a side story to it that it wasn't the same thing exactly so that they
1: always like twisted it off into something else afterwards so hey we're gonna take a small break and we'll be right back with the happy hour with johnny deuce and our good co-host and good buddy derek Schuler. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Brewing and groveroots.com. And we're back with the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Of course, I'm Johnny. We and got, I'm Dirk. And we got Dirk uh, co-hosts for this episode. Uh, of course, we're talking about uh, this is our Riverdale spoiler cast, and uh, we've done a pretty good job of not saying everything that's happened in the show. So people can still go and watch it, but we are we have divulged a lot of you know information that people. For a
2: spoiler will, cast, we're doing a good job of not, spoiling, not spoiling the entire season because exactly. there's there's some stuff that I want to
1: talk about, but I know I can't because you have to see it to believe exactly. it. Exactly. So stuff. some of the things you have to see it to believe it. Um, but we were talking before the break. We we're talking about Veronica and how how interesting dynamic she is because she's from money, right? She knows what it's like to you know have things served to you. Have a, they have a Butler Smithers? They have all these people that are which actually, I thought the name of the yeah, Butler Smithers. Being Smithers was just
2: interesting yeah. to me. I thought that was funny. So
1: they have these. So she's always been kind of weighted on hand, you know, um, hand and foot, so to speak. So she's she's well off. She's never had to work really hard. And so she goes to a small town. You got to look her her. Sp- What I love to do is do character studies on each of these, like kind of look at each character and why they are who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think Veronica's is the most interesting because she she was probably greatly influenced by, you know, getting whatever she wanted in life. And I think when she came to Riverdale, she realized, hey, I, I, I don't have my father's money, so to speak. I don't you know, my mom is trying to work at a job she's working at she's working at Pop's Diner. She ends up obviously working for, for Fred uh, at his construction shop, uh, construction agency there. But, like, she, she doesn't know anybody. She's a new person in town. She's the fish out of water. She's one of
2: those that – she's the she's the rich girl. Like, that's the difference between Cheryl and Veronica. Right. They both come from money, but the thing is Veronica doesn't want to be the one that comes from money and everything's served her. She wants to be like everyone else, and if that means – Having to go to a high school and not be the popular one and everything, she just wants to be like everyone else. But that brings tension to Cheryl because Cheryl is thinking that Veronica is trying to take over and be the you know be the the cool
1: kid, the alpha female, exactly. Yeah.
2: So that kind of brings that element in there, which is another thing in high school that everyone deals with, especially yep. when you have two, especially when you when you have people that are of money that come to school and everything that come to a public school as well, right? That. You have that whole element in there, and that's like that's why like, I I liked liking Veronica and going through that journey with her. Cheryl was interesting because she always had moments where she was she was misunderstood. She was, yep. She was either misunderstood or she was a very spiteful bitch. Right, like she could switch. Like you do not mess with her. But she—if you do something for her, she will do something for you in return. But do not cross her, or you will pay the price. And so, the punishments were big in yeah. this one. Well,
1: let, let's fast forward a little bit because obviously we can be here for two hours talking about the show. How <laughs> it's an excellent show. We—I we, definitely recommend. I'm starting it. to like it more and more as I'm thinking about it. Oh it's yeah. Like, it, yeah, it's a show I want to rewatch because I already I watched. The, I now. watched the pilot and I was like, oh, I gotta. I like, go how the dog or whatever? I'm like. And then I had to feed the kids lunch, and then I'll like I'll watch the next episode. So I watch the next episode. I'm like, God, I want to watch this whole show again. <laughs> so uh, definitely, if you if you love the show, definitely go check it out. Um, but one thing I want to talk about that uh, we glazed over is Polly. Right? She's very interesting Polly, because yes. the whole Polly thing. Let's fast forward. We find out because she's in a. Home, so to speak.
2: Yeah, she, it's like it's like, it's like a it's like a Catholic almost like mental institution or right. something.
1: So she's there, and um, Polly uh, hasn't seen Betty in a while, and vice versa. So she goes there, and the biggest the big reveal is that she's pregnant with you're Jason's. Like, baby. With Jason, you were like, what? Yeah, you're that like, that oh, threw me off. That did. I wasn't straight expecting up throw me that. Off. I wasn't expecting that. So there lies another problem. Cheryl and them don't know that she's pregnant and so when she comes back from the Institute and, and Polly doesn't know that Jason was murdered nope nope so so she never she got completely told oblivious to oh everything. man that if you're Polly wow you're you're a teen in love you, you love you, you know you 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 want it. the whole premise of a reason why she was on the boat because they wanted to go together Polly and Jason they want she wanted to go to the end of the lake and they meet and they have a car which the car is brought up later on and they were going to drive off right and live their life together with their new baby they, that's what they wanted to do but obviously things happen um we'll get into a little bit later but Jason's obviously dead so that didn't happen but now look at Cheryl and the Blossom saying first they were like that's our son's you know our dead son's uh baby they weren't keen to it they were like well and they weren't they talking about like abortion or something like they that They weren't
2: talking about abortion but the thing is like from the from the Blossom family perspective it's a thing that it's like, oh, I said earlier about Hatfield and McCoys. It's a thing that, or Romeo and Julia kind of thing, Capulet and Montagues, and the thing that, it's, it's, it's straight up Romeo and Julia in the sense yep. that two dueling rival families and their two kids are in love and they come together, and they even have a kid in the process of it. And both sides of the family are not happy, but each one's trying to do something to be supportive they're trying to be supportive in their own way, but they don't want to at the same time. Right. And there's – which I don't want to spoil.
1: We're not going to spoil everything. They're, they're
2: not going to spoil – I'm not going to spoil this, but there is one thing between
1: the families that is, like, huge. Huge spoiler. We can't bring it up, so um, – but the weird thing is, is some – I'm not sure if Cheryl was trying to do it just to st- – she maybe just despite because their families are always competitive uh, just despite the Coopers but she ended up taking Cheryl and up to, and her family ended up taking Polly under their wing but it was almost like it was like a like a dual agency Polly went in there because it was her and Betty were like, hey, you go in and spy on the family and see what's going on and see you, if they had anything to do if, with the murder Exactly so it was like but but the parents didn't neither parents knew that was happening so it was this weird thing and and getting to see more of the family of the blossoms was scary because it
2: was. like you saw how the mother treated Cheryl and that was where you started to sympathize for Cheryl. You because, did. I
1: agree with that. Totally.
2: Because Cheryl's mom was like like Alice, like Betty's mom, I did not like her, but there were moments where like again misunderstood, but she had her moments where she could be And a she had a bit. better
1: relationship with her with Paul or with uh, Betty. Yeah.
2: yeah. So like there was a strange relationship between the mom between Betty's mom and Betty. But then, and then Betty uh Alice and uh, Polly, but when you look at Cheryl and her parents, it's worse, and Cheryl's mom is, like,
1: just despicable and scary, very scary, and
2: I love what happens in the finale, which is, like, a huge payoff.
1: Yeah, we won't talk about it, but uh, definitely. Because we want you to go see the yeah. show. That's the whole idea doing the sport of doing this portal cast. We'll if talk you about the... if you
2: haven't seen season one yet, do not watch the trailers for season two yet. Because nope. the season two trailer
1: does reveal a lot of stuff that happens in the it finale. Does. Do not watch it. Do not it watch. It. Like there's a lot of stuff in it. Exactly. So, but I also feel like Cheryl maybe because she does have nice clothes, she is well off. That she tries to put up a front when she goes to high school because that's the only she maybe in a weird her own weird way she wants to be she wants to feel like she's actually you know getting some sort of respect you know hey I'm the queen bee she's not
2: respected by her parents no. so she's trying to gain respect from her peers in, in high school
1: yeah to be worshipped so to speak exalted like hey this is Cheryl Blossom she is the queen bee of this school you know we want to you know that's I think that's what she wanted to approach but I think I think she is misunderstood probably the most of any of the characters because I feel like she, you know she did have she did show some shines she did shine some greatness and some, some sympathy and you know, questioning about her family's situation. That's all we're really going to say about that. But like, she's questioned, and the thing is that she questioned her family. That shows she's not truly a bad person. You know, I, I feel like she's just been corrupted.
2: Is a good word. That that that's a good way to put it. That she she was a good person, but she was corrupted, and now this is who she is now. Exactly. And you you fit fe- you hate her, but you also feel bad for her you at the do. same time. That that you you've been destroyed and this is all you know. So it's like on the front you're angry, but on the inside you're like damn, that has to suck.
1: Well, yeah, cuz you think about it, if Cheryl was born in the Cooper's family, I think she would be like Polly. And by, by Betty, I think and she'd she be wants, nice. And
2: she wants she wants that di- she wants that sister dynamic with Polly.
1: Right. But Cheryl's been corrupted so much she doesn't know how to be like that. Right. So, and I think that alone is the whole dynamic of the blossoms and Polly is very interesting as well too. You get to see more about that family and what they've gone through and their, the industry their, you know their the syrup industry and all that and how important that is to them. They literally have board meetings like at the table, at dining room. Oh in there. my Remember god! That? Yes, like, that was so tense. That, I mean, they have. I mean, and yeah, yeah. There's
2: an episode. Um, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't think it's much of a spoiler, but there's an episode where Cheryl invites Archie. Yep. To this, like. Like this, this big event and everything for for the the syrup industry. And Archie again is like, Oh, I think like Archie, like, used that as
1: an opportunity to check on Polly. Check on Polly, but also wasn't, wasn't, um, um, now that we're talking about it, now it's coming to my brain. She goes with a check on Polly, but also hit, uh, Cheryl's dad was saying hey we'll fund you for sc- college that oh was that's thing.
2: right they were trying to bribe him and everything yeah exactly the they're like
1: oh if you if you they because they like they're like hey we like sh- we know that Cheryl likes you and if you come with us we'll make sure you're taken care of making a of deal with the devil and exactly everything. so that was an interesting dynamic and the
2: blossoms yeah. have a thing with the uh um, the the aunt, uh Archie's dad's um construction company like they took something away from them yep that was huge. And now Archie involved in this is kind of adding some bad blood and everything. Exactly. So, like, that's another whole. Which, that whole element, like, of Archie going into seeing the like another another perspective and opportunity to see the inside of the blossom household and everything.
1: Oh, so fascinating that was tense. Super tense. And and you, you could tell right away like Archie was not comfortable. He was just kind of going through the motions and he's like, Alright, I gotta what do I gotta do? And then you realize I And think- that also
2: gave an opportunity to really meet Cheryl. Right. To see her side of it. And that's like when you see how Cheryl's treated in the family in that whole episode, that's when it's like Damn. And like you hate it's almost like you hate feeling bad for Cheryl because she's like she's she, like indirectly she's like like hating you. Right. Through this show because you're relating to all these good nice characters and then Cheryl comes in. But then it's like when you really see the side of Cheryl that she hates to show, which is her vulnerable side, mm-hmm. it's like damn girl you, and like that's Ugh. But then then
1: you know then then things change like right of course the of the show and yeah. it's like crap yeah so but let's one thing we've we've kind of missed we kind of talked about a little bit was uh jughead's living environment oh uh, god his i'm gonna be straight up honest his he doesn't have good parents Um uh, no. and uh and even though they t- they kind of remotely say that fp you know and his wife and daughter i think they had a jelly bean yeah. yeah they they moved away um and I'm not sure if they were divorced or they're yeah, separated yeah. or whatever. But, like, the fact that, you know, Jughead isn't taken care of financially, you know, d- literally doesn't have a roof over his head. He doesn't feel safe at his dad's house, you know, his trailer or whatever. That's
2: why he's so recluse. Like, exactly. Just,
1: like, sc- he's got to put up a wall, you know, put a facade up so, cause people, so no one can penetrate that. And, you know, he doesn't want to feel – because he, does, he doesn't know what it's like – To have loyalty in life. He doesn't know what it's like to have someone that's there for you. He doesn't want to – all he knows is loss and pain and and people – He doesn't want that anymore. He doesn't want that anymore. So
2: that's why he puts up that wall. Exactly. Which is why he's so different from everyone is because he wants to be alone. And the whole thing about him being romantically interested in Betty is new to him. Right. Because Betty wants to be there for Jughead because she cares and loves him. Right. And Jughead is like scared of that. He is. He doesn't know what it's like. And there's a point where, like, even even FP comes in and says, like, you know, don't screw this up. No, because I look, I was I was a terrible father to right. you, and I wasn't there for you betty wants to
1: be there for you exactly go after she's a her. keeper so to speak yeah so he's like go, yeah work you know keep her because there's a dissension between betty and jughead because jughead which we won't get into but there's another story another story arc with her with his dad and uh the uh, serpents and all that because the serpents run town and whatnot but they have that correlation with Iron lodge so so um hermione and like, knows like about like it
2: sub clans within like doing exactly. dirty jobs and everything right. so like the serpents are not all interconnected. No, like not everyone's in the know. Uh,
1: right, and within that that own clan, exactly. So, so as we're talking, you're listening to us talk about the show, and you've already watched it, or only seen little bits and pieces of it. It is a very like there's a lot of story arcs and elements, but I think they gel well. I think they they flow nicely. It doesn't just feel hard to write.
2: Yeah, it has got to be difficult to uh, write.
1: You have to write it from like a novelist standpoint, where you you have all these characters. You got you have to have their connections, how they relate to each other. You've got to keep that theming and you have to keep that, uh, you know, the overall like arc has to be there, it has to be present throughout everything. Mm-hmm. So everything has to tie back to this whole Jason thing and the blossoms and whatnot. So I, it's funny because as we're talking about it, I'm, I'm, I want to go rewatch the show. I, I think I that but it also now. also tells you how good the show is. And and that's the thing that I, I now we're getting towards the end of the episode uh, talking about it. I recommend this show. I think the show is is fantastic. There's an audience out there
2: for it. It's yep. I would I I will say this I will definitely not recommend it to, like my family like my family on my mom's side who's a very religious family I would not recommend this show no. it's it's a very heavy show with it very is. controversial topics it is but it's one of those shows that if you enjoy murder mysteries this one's really good because you never know
1: you never know anyone's like motivation right and you also not spoiling anything but you actually it's not like one of those things where you figure out in episode three who the killer is you don't know I, it's you, it's when this never figure it out you you won't figure and nothing that's rewarding because if you are a big fan of mystery you're not like oh i already figured it out you are actually kind of surprised at the end you're like whoa you know so it's and like, it actually made sense it did make sense yeah so like i feel like that's good writing when you're there's a payoff like you said earlier in the very beginning of this episode you're talking about a payoff and i feel like there is a payoff and i feel like you know at the end of the day you know it'll be interesting to see what happens in season two but obviously we're not spoiling the very end the last uh the last third of the show uh we're not talking about that because that's very important i will say
2: this the only thing i will say was my reaction was i was like literally jaw dropped i like jumped out of my couch and just like Everything hit the fans. So that's how big of an ending season one hits. I wasn't
1: expecting the ending. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm gonna say about that. So um, we don't know exactly what I happened. I screamed in my pillow. At one I screamed point. out loud what happened. Yeah, I did too. I was like, "What? That was no."
2: That's like me with like Flash episode. Like, like uh, when when Flash yeah. always ends like uh, on a season, mm-hmm. I will like just grab my my my
1: closest pillow and just scream into mm-hmm. it. That was me with Riverdale. Now I asked you before, uh, maybe a couple days ago. Not necessarily the character you like the most, because obviously you I think you I think you really like Jughead the most, right? You like Jughead? A lot of people like Jughead. Now who do you relate to? Who do you feel like you're you have more of a connection to? Like you feel like growing up, this person is like who I was. I,
2: I think I relate to Jughead only because he was a very different person. He was he was a person that was reclusive, but he wanted to blend in and he had a lot of friends that were there for him. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to be there for him, but he just didn't want to let – he didn't want to feel like a burden to anyone. Yeah. He was always on his own. Exactly. And just with his movie references as well because oh, of that his, was great. his connection with the local um, uh, drive-in theater. The Twilight Drive In. Twilight yeah. I thought it yeah. was clever too. Yeah. Yeah. That his movie references and everything, I, I related to that because that's that my cool. that's yeah. my dialogue. Talking about Star Wars and everything, yeah.
1: Battlestar Star Galactica. Like, just talking about everything. It was really just awesome. It's just
2: how like he just worked that and that's like uh that's a, a plus one on the writing of the show was that they made him a quirky character, but they made him to where he was believably quirky. It wasn't yep. like it wasn't like, oh he's weird, he just bounce off you know random movie references not everyone does that unless there's a situation that comes up that they relate to that movie situation then it works which i thought was good writing
1: oh me too and uh so your favorite character is jughead 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 i definitely
2: relate to and i like so he was different he wasn't like i liked him because he was so different especially from what i grew up with he was not the comic relief Right. He was very serious but very quirky and had some fun elements, but if things got serious, he was serious.
1: He's kind of stoic. You know? yeah. um, I, I I, feel like my, f- the person that I related to the most, which is going to sound weird, I think is Betty. Because Betty was like me in the fact that I was a smart kid who, who did really well in school, who studied a lot. Uh, I was likable, but I wasn't the popular kid. So I felt like she tried to do... The cheerleading thing to be able to get noticed more, mm-hmm. um, even though th- even though before that she wasn't really the popular kid, right? Like she had her small clique that she liked, but she wasn't like up for school queen or anything, you know? What yeah. I mean? So like she was still kind of the nerdy kind of like I'm I'm gonna do good in school, and then hey I, I want to get more attention. I wanna I wanna kind of get people to notice me, you know? Because uh, you, you want people to like you, you know, yeah. in school. So I, I feel like I did the same thing, but not with sports, not not with you know, I was I went and, uh, I started to do magic, you know, uh, sleight of hand stuff. And I, uh, learned magic back then with my friend, my friend TJ and he was getting into it as well. And I became the magic kid. I say like, the, the, the <laughs> magic guy, you know, Oh, look at the magic guys over here, you know? And, uh, so he always kind of, I got notoriety because of my, my magic stuff. And I kind of felt like my magic was correlation to her cheerleading it was like, Hey, a way to kind of get yourself out there, uh, to the public, so to speak, uh, and to elevate your, status i guess uh you wanted to be liked so that's kind of that's why i relate to betty in that way and she's genuinely good and i feel like i'm genuinely good and i feel like i'm loyal she's loyal uh and i also feel like i might have sm- smidgets of jughead because there are times where i can be stoic and kind of reserved uh you know and quiet but i consider myself an extrovert but not, but then again i'm not at the extroverted level you know like deuce deuce is like a whole nother level you know like he can just bring it up uh so i am not to that point where i'm like even higher up on the scale of extrovertedness but like i'm kind of you know I'm, I'm definitely an extrovert but i'm i can also reserve and be introverted if i need to be yeah but uh so i feel like i'm maybe more of a combination of betty and jughead so i you know I, that's kind of where i relate my favorite character in the show i'd probably say veronica because i feel like she's had the most growth of any of the characters in the in the show that's true I think yeah. she's had the most growth. And I liked her and I felt like she really had a connection to everybody in a positive she way. She had a more happy ending. She did. In the yeah. entire series compared to
2: everyone else in the show. Yeah. She had a more happy ending.
1: She did. And I, and I really like her as a character. Uh she's very charismatic, um, beautiful. I mean she's she's got it all. You like I'll, to hang out with you her. You do, you'd want to hang out with her, you'd want to go to the movies, you you'd wanna sit down at a restaurant and just chat. You think yeah. it'd be really cool. Uh, but it's just also someone that you know is very you want to know more about her you know and exactly. i feel like like she has this front of being you know cuz she's obviously beautiful she's very attractive but you want to you don't want to just judge her by the looks you want to know more about who she is and i think when she when she opens her mouth and talks you're like wow this girl is well-read she knows what she's saying she she knows how to you know uh, connect to people and you can't judge a book by its cover exactly with this she's not just a pretty face she actually has depth there and i think that's what's so important about the Veronica character in this show, uh, is that she, she, I think it's very important for her to have, have that, she's like a lifeline almost. Everyone kind of goes back to her. Archie goes back to her. Uh, Betty goes back to her. She has issue with Jughead, but they pair, they patch it up later on. And uh, so like everyone, Cheryl goes to Veronica. Everyone kind of goes to Veronica. She's kind of like the, the... That's true. Yeah, yeah,
2: everyone does go to Veronica. Yeah, so end. I
1: feel like she's a very important, she's like the pulse of the show almost, and more so than Archie. Because I feel like Archie kind of, like Archie's a good guy but he's also kind of selfish. I feel like a lot of times, you know, he's out for his own music, he's out for, th- you know, he, he the way he's kind of treated Polly wasn't very uh, not Polly, uh, Betty wasn't the best. I feel like he kind of ignored her feelings at oh, some yeah. time. I think that was kind of a dick move. Uh so like I feel Archie isn't the most redeemable character uh d- to be honest, I think you know, Betty is probably the most redeemable character of anybody in the show. Which I
2: think on two things in the sense that Archie not being the, the main focus of the show, I liked because yep. Archie was always the poster child for Archie Comics. Right. But this was Riverdale. This right. was, like, everything involving in the town. Exactly. So Archie wasn't the star right. of a lot of situations. He was... Every, no one was a star of the show. Everyone just played a very specific role in the and I, show. And I think
1: that the show writers did a great job of giving people time to shine, right? Exactly. Because the thing is, is with any sort of ensemble group whether it be a movie like Avengers or something where you have a lot of egos there you have to be able to give enough people time to shine you don't want to try to like have one fo- in the forefront as like your main person and then everyone else is lost in the shuffle I think with Riverdale everyone kind of had their own time to shine they had their own backstory. story they talked kinda about like, so, kind of like Captain America Civil War yeah like, exactly no one yeah. no one was in there for too long right and I feel like that was good uh, and there's some people you know you, you want you don't really see much at all like Moose in the very beginning you know obviously he's Moose was only in the seat in the first, first the season yeah you're like and then even Kevin' character, Kevin's character, we didn't even talk about. You know, he he is gay, so he's going through that tribulation and those trials, right? And trying to, and he's trying to be confident with himself. I think he puts on a big front, like, "Hey, I'm very confident," which is good. You know, he wants to be able to have people, but he also doesn't want his, his orientation to define him either. He wants to be someone. He, he's just Kevin. Right. He's not just the gay guy, the gay best friend kind of thing. He is Kevin, and he doesn't want his orientation to define him, and I think that's very important in today's, in today's society. It's like, who cares what you like? It's all about who you are as a person, I think. Yeah. you know People can connect to you. What I liked about Kevin was that, and I didn't know a lot about
2: the Archie comics lore. Neither did I. I don't know anything about and it. And I, I was happy with the fact that Kevin, being the gay character of the show, was also the first gay character in the comics. I liked because I never liked what what a lot of shows do. Like when they adapt something, is that they change a character right. just for an audience. Yeah, like they they just change the character's style and everything just for the, a specific audience just right. to get that attention. Yeah. So I did like the fact that he that every character was what kind of character they were when they brought him over to TV. That I did it. That's I, really cool. I, I, I liked. But
1: another thing with uh, with Kevin um, is that his dad is a sheriff of Riverdale. Yeah. So that was another interesting dynamic. And he was accepted. I I like the was. fact that he
2: that there wasn't that you know that disappointed father element to it. Oh, it was he's just my like, gay
1: son. I'm disappointed. Now he was like, hey, this is my son. And I like. I will admit, I did like the line about
2: like you know can't you find like you know a, you know a nice gay guy at your school? I was like dad, I am the nice gay guy <laughs> right. at my school. I just I th- thought that was funny.
1: I, and I do like that because you know. <sighs> I think today's day in society, you know, obviously, um, pe- you know, people are exploring themselves, you know, emotionally, physically, you know, er- everything is changing. People are, you know, wanting to seek who they are. And wh- I think the world is doing – it's not perfect, but I think the world is doing a better place of trying to be more understanding and accepting of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so great that you have – you don't have the stereotypical, oh, because he's a, a cop, you know, oh, like my son, disappointed he's not with a chick. You know, I think that's cool that he's like, "Hey, this is my son. I love him. He's my son. I don't care what he likes. You know, who he likes. He just, I just. That's up to him. I think that's up, and I think that's really cool. I mean, the writers could have taken that approach of being, uh, but that would
2: have been stereotypical. It Would be very stereotypical,
1: and I think that's cool because, like, if my, for example, if my son Logan, one day decides that, you know, hey, I, I am gay, and I. I want to date guys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. Hey, you can't do that. This. How can. How am I as a person? Not that we're getting off a topic here, but how am I as a person going to tell my son what he can like and what he can't like? Yeah. That's his. That's who you are. A Part of you. You know what I mean. That's his own. That's up to. That's up up to him. Exactly. So I. I think that's really cool that the show writers did that approach with with Kevin's dad. That Kevin's dad was like, Hey, this is my son. You know, and and um, he. I think his dad even said something like, Some guy was coming over a jughead or something. He's like, Hey he seems like a nice guy, you know, like saying, hey, this guy seems nice, you should date him, kind of thing, and I, I think that was his dad implying that he's cool with that, you know, I think that was, I think I was really, it was a small element, but I thought that was really awesome, the writers decided to do, like, a more realistic way to approach it than the yeah. stereotype. So that was, so kudos to the writers, I feel like they handled all the taboo and serious topics in a, in a well, I mean, they could have really went off the, tra- the, the, the train, off the rails with some of the stuff, but they really honed it in, and just the, they made things they simplified it it wasn't too confusing it wasn't too complex i feel like they you know they dealt with the the prejudice they, we didn't even talk about Josie and the pussycats that's another whole dynamic to the show too uh oh, the
2: the whole parent dynamic exactly with and yeah and so her, that's an, father's I mean, father's acceptance exactly that's like that's like the, the
1: cliff notes of that exactly so like there's a the, there is so much in the show racial prejudice sexual orientation prejudice uh talking about you know the taboo of the teacher data you know being with the student and that topic there uh murder you know uh, just everything any sort of weird Anything
2: that actually happens in today's society and on top of that high school society high school as well, that's in the whole dynamic that was it. like which okay the one thing i will say that was kind of weird was how they had like just a a hangout lounge that yeah. they would all just like hang out at it's like that's is that just a is that like is that just a northern thing or is that just like because we didn't really have just like hey we're in between classes i don't have a class right now let's just go to this hangout lounge that's more a college thing
1: right i did that in college yeah so I, I, we both went to the same yeah, school that
2: was kind of weird to me but it's like okay they use that as an opportunity for exposition which story
1: is important because you want it that that's that's 101 to writing right is yeah exposition you know who are these characters where are they from why are they here and then you go into building these characters and being like, "Hey, this is how they connect to each other and whatnot." Yeah. So that's that's another element there. So I think there's a lot. I think you're right. I think there's a certain audience for this. Uh, I think it's more. I think it is easier to accept this show because they sure there's a lot of things to deal with. But at the end of the day, you know, someone like myself who doesn't really watch a lot of dramas. To be honest, I don't. Uh, it's not that I don't like dramas. It's just I'm more. I'm like I want to laugh or I want to be scared. You know, more yeah, often. Yeah, you don't else.
2: want. You don't want real life is tough so you don't want media like TV and everything is an escape from real life drama and everything I agree, yep. so you don't want to like you know what i had a really bad day i'm going to sit down and watch a really dramatic show right i agree and so but that's... with this show it's focusing more on the what keeps you coming back to the show is the mystery element the drama stuff is secondary mm-hmm. because it's for that audience but it... That was for me. Like, for me, I just wanted to know who killed Jason. For right. the love of God, get to it. Exactly. But along the way, there was the drama. But even the drama was related to the murder in some way.
1: I don't think it was too heavy-handed or anything. I no. Feel like, I feel like they, they did it well. And I think that the, they had enough... Because the thing is, if you just have nothing but drama the whole time, it, it's, it's very taxing on the viewer. Like, oh there's so much depressing things going on, so that's what's nice having Jughead and Betty and Veronica to kind of throw in their quips, throw in some, just some not, levity. Levity is a good word, yeah. So just, just so you can breathe a little bit. You're now, like, there's ah. one
2: thing that they've added that they talked about that they're going to bring into season two, and it's not a spoiler or anything. Okay. But season two, they've talked about bringing in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You're joking. I'm not kidding. Oh wow. They're because because Sabrina is part of the Archie comic universe. Right. right. So now it's a thing that we've done, we've done murder, mm-hmm. but now we're bringing in this thing about Sabrina, yeah, the teenage witch. Now I'm really curious. Is that confirmed for season two?
1: I haven't seen the trailer, so I don't. They
2: they haven't they haven't put in a lot. They haven't said a lot about it. But they're but I implying. think they're kind of like I think they're kind of like just like just holding it back. So when it does happen, you just get shocked by it. Nice. But they have said that they are implementing Sabrina into it, and I'm curious how. Are they gonna go supernatural like the CW supernatural with it, or is it gonna be a real a more realistic thing about some kids who are into Wicca and like right. that kind of stuff? So I am curious how they're gonna implement Sabrina into sure. the show, but like if they go the more supernatural route, I want to see how Riverdale handles that. That would be cool. To that see. would just like just to be like, okay, we've done murder. Now let's just do crazy otherworldly stuff like you. this know, show could go let's anywhere just, let's I just think make riverdale a sandbox like you what, know what the hell
1: i think that's what's so cool about the show is you don't know what's gonna happen even at the end of season one when you find out all the different things going on at the end um you're just like what's gonna happen i have no idea what's gonna happen in season two what how are they gonna pick up the pieces exactly so and i just think adding in adding in sabrina
2: would just be a neat little element just like why not because like Wait, like honestly, like when you get through the show, it's like a lot of the stuff that they that they threw in there that's like like spoilerific and everything. But like the stuff that they throw in, it's like okay, now what? Right. So that's that would be something interesting to see. Exactly. Like, now what for season two?
1: Yeah. So I, I I'm really excited about seeing where the show goes. Um, so I'm gonna rate it. Uh, I would probably give it like eight point five out of ten. I think it was a very great first season. Um, a 10 out of 10 would be like a you know, like the first season of Lost. The first pilot episode of Lost is probably one, in my personal opinion, one of the best pilots ever made. Mm -hmm. I think that that pilot is just amazing. So, uh, that pilot would get I would have given a 10 out of 10, but obviously, I'm not reviewing the whole show, but I I would say like 8.5 out of 10. I mean, some of my favorite shows you can juxtapose that. uh, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I love, uh, which is a very character driven show about high school as well. Uh, I love uh, twi- the original Twilight Zone, one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, I love Battlestar Galactica, the the new one, not not the '70s one, the '70s cheese one, but the the new one that came on Sci-Fi about 05. Love those shows. Uh, so I'm I'm very big into like character developed shows where a, a lot of character interactions, and I feel like Riverdale just kind of took me by surprise. So uh, I recommend it. Um, what about you, Dirk? Um, rate wise, I would probably
2: say like, a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Like, I would, I would, you know, like, 7.5, it was funny you said 8.5, because, like, the number that just kept flickering in my head was 8.3 out of 10. I don't know why. That's funny. But it's like, like, it's it's one of those shows that it's, like I said from the very beginning, for me, the show was a dumpster fire. It was just, right. it was like, it was just a lot of drama just being thrown in there, like, from, like, face value It was a lot of drama, and it was a lot of crazy twists and turns. Right, but but, damn, is it not just a fun show to just to keep watching? That's why I call it a dumpster fire because it's like, it's, it's a little over the top. Right, but at the same time, like the more you think about it, the more it's justified, and the more you can't stop thinking about it, and the more you start to like it more.
1: And I, so we didn't, um, we didn't mention it, but I, I, I love the soundtrack,
2: um, on this show. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I right at this very moment, I have, the there's a there's an episode where. Uh, Archie and Veronica do a cover of "Kids in America." Yep. I literally have that
1: on my phone yeah. right now. They actually, so the actors catching. actually sing it uh, on the on the show. Like it's actually their voices. So that's and they're really good cool. singers. They're really well. good singers too. So th- there's like I said, this show has so many elements. Like if we were here talking two to three hours, I mean that'd be, I mean that'd be a long episode. But like, yeah. that, there's so much here. There's so much depth. So we recommend it, Dirk. I recommend
2: I, it to a very,
1: like you have to know the person before you could recommend the show. Right. So. This has been another episode of the Happy Hour of Johnny and Deuce. Um, you know, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, uh, spoiler cast for Riverdale. Um, actually, I think this could be a running theme with us. Um, yeah, having you back on for season two of Riverdale would be awesome. I would love that. Uh, and ne- hopefully, we'll have Deuce next time. Um, and uh, that'd be cool. So, and maybe just have you on for more movie, television, show reviews would be really cool too. Um, God, if you got me on here for Community, you would never get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's another great show. Uh, but yeah, so Dirk, uh, how do people can find you on the internet? You can find me on YouTube
2: at youtube.com forward slash Death Movie, and you can find me on Facebook,
1: Instagram, and Twitter at Death Lake Productions or on Twitter Death Lake Prod. Awesome, uh, and you can find us uh, the Happy Hour Johnny Deuce on the Twitter Machine at HH Podcast Show. Of course, send us uh, any emails um, HH Podcast Show at gmail.com, and then uh, Facebook.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast Show. Uh, and of course, when you're talking about the happy hour with Johnny Deuce, there's not one, not two, but three hashtags you want to put your social media of choice. Choice, choice, <laughs> uh, choice. Choice uh, ha- hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Dirk Scholler, thank you so much for joining us on the happy hour with Johnny. Johnny Wilmack, thank you for having me on here for the second time. Or actually, no, third time
2: twice show in the nights there you go it is late awesome (laughs)
1: all right well thank you folks for listening and y'all have a great night we'll talk to you soon bye